Open to Ephesians chapter 6. We are continuing our discussion on spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. How do we deal and fight with this devil that's always in our business? Ephesians chapter 6, for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Ephesians chapter 6, just five verses there. We're continuing on on these armaments that God has given us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul tells us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. As a result, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Father, in the name of Jesus, come into this session at this time. In the name of Jesus, we bind every spirit, Lord God, that would come in and try to prevent us from hearing what you would have said today, Lord God. I pray for your anointing here, Lord God, and I just speak deliverance right now, Father, even before we get started, that eyes will be open, Lord God. We won't just come here and play with this stuff, but what is said, Lord God, will get so in us to where we leave, Lord God. We go seeking after the solution to get free. I ask it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree, say amen. 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 Do me a favor. Just say hello to your neighbor before you sit down. Just greet them in the name of Jesus. Just say God bless you. Glad to see you. Good, good morning. 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 Amen. 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 Now, I came, I came to talk to those who got trouble in your house. I came to talk to those who are being afflicted by the enemy. You're fighting against something. You have no idea what you're fighting against. And you've been fighting it for so long, and it just seems like you can't win. This message may not be the shouting one, but it's meant to encourage you and to set you free. Sometimes when you preach, as a pastor, when you preach, you think that you're preaching to help somebody else. But then there are some series that when you preach it, you ain't helping nobody else. You're helping your own self. This was one of those series. For me, I think sometimes the hardest thing to get believers to do or to understand is what you find there in verse 12. And that is, we are at 
war. We are involved in a war every day that you wake up, every time you step out your bed, every time you interact with anybody, we are in a war. And Paul tells us that this war is not flesh and blood. That's one of the hardest things to get believers to understand. The problems in your life, the problems in your finances, the problems in your relationship, the problem with the sicknesses in your body, everything that you're facing is not flesh and blood. It's not directly related to what you can see. But there are things behind the scenes. Paul says you're not wrestling with flesh and blood or things that you can see or that you can feel, but you're wrestling against some spirit being demonic influences that are seeking to destroy you. I want you to understand that there's a war going on and we have a spiritual enemy who has one objective. Listen, he has one objective for you. His goal is to completely and utterly destroy you. The Bible warns you in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because we have an enemy, the devil, who's roaming like a roaring lion, and he has one objective. It is to devour you. You know what devour means, right? It is to consume you. It's to utterly destroy you. We have a spiritual enemy, and his whole goal, his whole emphasis in life is to destroy you, to destroy your marriage, to destroy your children, to devour your finances, to devour your health, to devour your peace, everything about you. Listen, and he doesn't care if you believe in him or not. Because nowadays we have such sophistication in the church to where people don't believe in the devil no more. And the devil could care less whether or not you believe he's real. He can still attack you even if you don't believe. How many know that you don't have to believe in electricity, but if you stick your hand in your socket, you're going to get shot dead? We have an enemy, and his goal is to destroy you. His goal is to afflict you. And so the Bible gives us some instructions on how we are supposed to deal with the devil. Anybody want the devil out of your house? Listen, he gives us instructions. How do I fight this enemy that's always warring with me? The instructions are in James chapter 4, verse 7. It's very simple. Listen to what he says. He says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Listen to me. I don't care what your problem is today. I don't care if the issue is in your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your children, your health, whatever it is. The key to getting victory and set free is right there. He says, first, submit to God, then resist the devil, and he will what? Watch this. So the first thing he says, if you want to get free, he says you got to submit to. Watch this. The whole key to everything in life is who are you submitting to? He says, if you want to be free in your finances, submit to God and what I've said. If you want to be free in your relationships, submit to God and what I said. Do you understand? How do I submit to God? By obeying and believing and coming into agreement with what God has said about you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He says, first, you have to submit to God, come into agreement with what God says. And then he says, when you do that, then you resist the devil. Now, why would God say that you have to resist the devil? 
Because anytime you try to submit to God, how many know that the devil is right there trying to get you not to do what God has said? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Whenever you try to submit to God in your finances, God says, I need you to tithe. How many know that the devil is right there saying, nah, come on now, 10%, that's a lot of money. Why don't you go ahead and give them three? I mean, them church folk don't need all that money. How many know that when God says, love your neighbor, the devil is right there saying, well, you know what? She is getting on my nerves. Tammy, every time she look at me, why don't you go over there and slap her? Anybody know that there's always a wrestling? The Bible says there's a spiritual war going on that every time you try to do something and obey God, anybody trying to obey God, and when you try to obey God, it seems like the more you try, the more you run into problems. The Bible says anytime you try to submit to God, the enemy is right there. He said that there is a wrestling going on. Do you see that? It says you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. He says you're wrestling against spirit beings, demonic influences. So whenever you try to obey God, you have demonic influences trying to get you to do something else. And he says you have to learn to resist it. The devil's always there trying to get you to do it. I ran into this just a couple days ago. Well, my son, we had a basketball game. And how many know that when your son has a basketball game, he's five, he just turned six, and he's out there playing basketball, and he's giving it his all. This is his first year ever playing sports. And, and, and he's playing against the best player on the other team. The other player on the other team has been playing before, and so my son is guarding him. And while he's out there, this little boy, I, let's just say it was a tough game for him. <laughs> This little boy was kind of taking him for the ringo a little bit. And while he was doing this, y'all, here's what happened. You know, parents lose their mind in these games. And one of the parents got up and had no business. Isaac, how, Isaac, would you get your man? Isaac, what's going on? Isaac, this. And how many of you know, listen, here go to war. The war inside of me was Jesus say, sit in your seat and don't say nothing to him. But then there was another voice inside of me saying, you need to go up over there and check him because he's talking about your son. See, in anything that you have, you have a wrestling. There is a a war going on to influence what it is that you do. Listen, and God says, watch this, watch this. This is for those who want to get free. God says, you have to submit to God, come in agreement with what I'm saying. And then he says, you have to resist or stand against the devil. In other words, you agree with what I said, come in obedience to what I say, and when the devil tries to pull you this way or pull you this way, you got to resist, or your your Bible may say stand. You got to learn to stand in what God has said. Notice that God didn't say go run and catch the devil and beat him up. Hear what I'm saying? Listen, you got to understand who you, I've said this before. When you're fighting against Satan, you can't beat him. Not on your own. He says, you are to stand and come in agreement with me. See, one of the things I notice in the Bible is Satan is much stronger than most people think he is. Listen, there is only one person in the history of all creation that has ever beaten Satan. One person. It's not an angel because watch this. The strongest angel that we know about, Michael, the archangel, the warrior angel, The Bible says in Jude, when he went to go contend for the body of Moses, the Bible says that he would not even raise an accusation against Satan. So he wouldn't try Satan, the most powerful one that we know. 
We know that no man is strong enough to beat him because no man has ever done it. There's only been one man who has ever beaten Satan. His name is Jesus Christ. Right? So Jesus says, you don't have to go fight Satan because I already have. What you need to do is come into agreement or alignment or obedience with what I've said. Because on your own, you are not strong enough to be Satan. Listen, I'm talking to some of those. You can read your Bible. You can study. You can pray all the time. You can do everything that you possibly can on your own. But how many know that the devil is relentless? He never gives up. He will stay on you 24-7. He will tempt you over and over and over and over again. And God says you cannot beat him on your own. So in order to win, in order to resist the devil, God says, I've given you some things that you need in order to win. Listen, you can't beat them on your own, so you need some help from me. Watch this. Look at verse 11. He tells you what he gives you. You cannot beat the devil. You can't get him out your marriage or finances without these things. He says in verse 11, he says, in order for you to win, you must put on the whole Do you see that? Watch this. Listen to me. The reason why some of you can't get the devil out your life, why you're addicted to pornography, why you can't stop whatever it is, is because you're trying to fight the devil and you ain't got the right weapons. Listen, he says, put on the whole armor of. In other words, he says that there's some armor that you got to put on and he says you got to put on all of it. Do you see that? He says, put on the whole armor of God. There are some things that you need, and God says you have to put on it all. The armor doesn't belong to you. The armor belongs to who? Watch this. These are things that God gives you in order to resist and stand against the devil, and you need them all. That's very important. Watch this. He says the things that I have given to you to resist the devil, you need them all. All. Why am I giving it to you? It says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to what? Do you see that? In your Bible, verse 11, he says, the reason why you need to put on this armor is so that you will be able to stand against the wiles, the attacks, the schemes of the devil. Watch this. So in other words, if you flip it, if you don't put this on, you won't be able to stand against the, watch this. So here's what he's saying. You have to put on all of them. Listen, one of the reasons why I found out I was losing was because I had on certain pieces of the armor, but not all of it. Watch this. And when you don't have all of it on, there's parts of you exposed and vulnerable. Now, watch this. Let me tell you. He says, I'm going to give you some things that you need to put on. Follow along with me. Paul lists them there in the Bible. He says, put on the uh, belt of truth, and he lists all of these things out. Amen? Have you read that there? Watch this. This is what I want you to see. Watch this. Paul uses the imagery of a soldier. Do you remember I told you that during that time, Rome was the most mighty army during that time? Paul used something physical to illustrate something spiritual. So what he did was, he said, put on the belt of truth. He said, put on the breastplate of 
righteousness. Watch this, but you got to understand the imagery that he's using, breastplate, belt, are just metaphors to describe something spiritual. Watch this. What's most important is not the metaphors that he used, but the actual weapons that God gives. Let me try to explain it this way. In other words, don't get caught up on whether you, how, how do I put on the belt? I ain't talking about a physical belt. Don't get caught up in the belt at all. What he's saying is, watch this, there are seven things that you need in order to be able to resist and fight against the devil. Do you know what they are? He lists them there. He says, in order for you to be resistant and victorious over the devil, you need, you need truth, you need righteousness, you need peace, you need faith, you need salvation, you need the word, you need prayer. Watch this. When you look in your Bible, don't get caught up on, oh, I need the breastplate, I need this. No, no, no. There's seven things that you need in order to be victorious in fighting against the devil. The first one that he gave, we looked at last time, was truth. Listen, if you're going to be victorious in getting the devil out of your marriage, if you're going to be victorious in getting financial freedom, whatever it is, the first thing he says you need is truth. Watch this. Why is truth so important? Why does God say that one of the things that I need to get the devil out of my stuff is truth? Because whoever controls the truth controls everything about you. Whoever controls the truth controls your ability to excel and do better. Let me say it to it this way. Some of us are slaves to poverty because we haven't believed the truth about investing. You've believed the truth about paycheck to paycheck, but you haven't believed the truth about investing. When I was in high school and I was 16 years old, I met a man who was a financial advisor, and he told me the truth about investing. And he said, Tim, what you need to do is every time you get paid, you take a certain portion of your money and you need to set it aside and put it in a mutual fund a Roth 401k, or you put it in one of these funds, and over time, your money will grow. Over the next 30 to 40 years, you will begin to develop wealth. Watch this. I got the truth of that when I was young, and I've seen that happen over the course of these 30 to 40 years. Watch this. But my parents weren't able to get that truth when they were young. They didn't get that truth until they got into their 30s and 40s and 50s. And how many know that that truth, when you started and find out, can affect your freedom and what you're able to accomplish? See, the devil, watch this, the devil doesn't want you to know the truth of what God has for you. He doesn't want you to know the truth of what God has done for you. He doesn't want you to know the truth of the impact that you can make as a student on wherever you are. He doesn't want you to know the truth of what you can do even when you're injured and you go to another place, how you can set other people free. He does not want you to know the truth of what God has done. And so what he does is he tries to prevent you from seeing the truth. Why does he not want you to know the truth of who God is and what he's done? Because the Bible says in John 8, 32, listen, he says, and you shall know the, and the truth shall what? Watch this. A flip of that means the more truth you have, the more potential you can to get. 
In order to get free, you got to have. See, the reason why some of us can't get free is because you believe too many lies. I ain't going to never find another man like, like Tyrone. Amen. That went down. I ain't, I ain't going to never be happy without Tarantula. She was everything. Watch this. If you're going to get free and whatever God has called you to do, you need truth. Listen, now do you see why the devil will do anything he can to prevent you from reading the Bible? Have you ever noticed that whenever you decide to read the Bible, you automatically get sleepy? Have you ever noticed that when you plan to read the Bible, your morning go hectic? Have you ever noticed that when you plan to attend a small group, you can't attend a small group because your schedule gets too crazy. You can't agree on the day. Everything is going on. Do you know why? The devil does not want you to ever get in the word of God to find out the truth. Do you know why? Because the Bible says in John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. If you are looking for the truth of what God has said, you won't find it no place but in the word. Watch this. So that means if you're looking to get free, if you want freedom in your marriage, you first got to find the truth. If you want freedom in your finances, you first got to get in the word and get the truth. Because remember, truth is whatever God says it is. John 14 and 6 says, I am the way, I am the truth. If I am truth, then what that means is anything that I say or anything that I think about is what truth is. Watch this. So if the devil is in your stuff, you first got to find out the truth of what God says it is and stop believing what he says it is. You can't get free believing that whatever the doctor says is what it's going to be. Deacon Andrews is a testimony on that. You can't get free like that. If you believe in that mess, you're going to never get free. You've got to first get truth. The second thing that God says that you need is righteousness. Listen, think of these seven things as like pillars that hold you up. You need all seven of them in order to get the devil out. The problem is some of us have truth, some of us have faith, some of us have some of these things, but you don't have the others. You need all seven. He says you need to put on the whole armor. You need to put them all. You need all of them to fight the devil. The second thing that he says is, is that you need righteousness. In order to resist the devil, you must have righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness simply means a right relationship with God. He, he calls righteousness a breastplate. So in other words, he says, when you are in right relationship with God, it forms like a breastplate around you that protects you. But if righteousness puts a breastplate of protection around you, what does unrighteousness do? Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm, I came to talk to somebody. The reason why you listen, you can have all six of the other ones. But if you move, if you lose righteousness, you've made yourself vulnerable. 
You can focus on faith. Some of you got so much faith, you can talk faith, talk faith, talk faith, talk faith, talk faith. But if you got unrighteousness going on, you've made yourself vulnerable to the enemy. See, some of us are wondering, how does he keep getting in my marriage? How does he keep getting in here? If you have anything exposed, he'll come in. The second thing that God says that you need is righteousness. Listen, now we talked about nothing that you do will make you righteous. Or, or bring you into right relationship with God. You cannot earn it. Remember, we looked in Isaiah, and Isaiah says that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. No, none of your good works won't make you righteous. The way we become righteous is when we go through the man, Jesus Christ. Look there at 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, how do we become righteous? For he made him who knew no sin to what? Be sin for us that we might what? Watch this. Here's the truth. When you accepted Christ in the eyes of God, you automatically became righteous. Watch this. Watch this. You automatically became in right standing with God. He became your father. He loved you. You became righteous with God. Watch this. You fully became coated with the with the with the Avengers um, force field protection shield thing around you. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? This this is the 21st century. Y'all know how it works. You you got the the the, the Holy Ghost um, you know power force field thing around you. Right? Here's the thing. Watch this. Remember what we're saying. Being in right standing with God brings protection around you. But unrighteousness takes the protection off. See, remember, the reason why some of us are suffering so much is you got sin going on that nobody else may know about, but you're letting them come right back in on the back door. I don't know who I'm talking to. You may be reading those magazines of pornography and don't think that it has an effect. Listen, that affects other areas of your life, not just there. How many know that when you sin in one area, it affects all the other areas as well? You can't be an adulterer and don't think that that's not going to affect the rest of your marriage and your children and everything else. Because when you get into sin, it begins to affect everything about you, how you think. Watch this. See, when righteousness is on you, you're protected. When, when you're in right standing with God, the devil can't get to you. You, you got protection on you. Y'all remember King David? Um, when King David was young, he had protection on him. He was in right standing with God. The Bible says that when he was a shepherd boy, he would be out in the field, and because he was in right standing with God, lions and bears, lions and tigers and bears, I don't know if it was tigers, but lions and bears <laughs> would attack him, and the Bible says that David was able to defend himself and kill them. He had the righteousness of God on him. The devil couldn't get to him. The Bible says that when Saul called him to come and serve him, that David went out there and saw Goliath. And he said, man, what's the big deal? He went out there, the mightiest warrior in the world at that time, as big as he was, couldn't get to him. He slayed him. Why? Because he was in right relationship with God. Satan couldn't get to him. The Bible says that when David went to work for Saul, that he killed thousands. Do y'all remember the song? It said that Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his 
So you got to understand now, you know, if y'all seen 300, they out there doing real war. You know what I'm saying? They ain't shooting with no guns. They're them real soldiers. Come on, you know, nowadays, most of the jokers that we talking about soldiers, they ain't no soldier, man. If you put them with a real fight, they would run. But the Bible says that David was out killing tens of thousands. Why? Because he had the righteousness of God on him. Satan couldn't get to him. Even when Saul went after him and was trying to kill him. Y'all remember that? The Bible said he got a spear and he threw it at the wall and tried to get David. He could never get to David. Why? Because David was in right standing with God and he couldn't get to him. But, but there was a time when David did some unrighteousness. He went and he took another man's wife called Bathsheba and then he had her husband killed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when he did that, it's like the force field dropped. Watch this, because from the time that he got involved in unrighteousness, it's like the devil was coming at him right, 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 right. His child with Bathsheba died. Anybody remember that? His children, his daughter got raped by one of his sons. His son Absalom tried to take over the throne from the time that he was born. His other two sons was fighting for the, for the throne, Solomon and his other son. Watch this. So if you look at the relation, why he was in right relationship with God, the devil could never touch him. The moment he got into sin, it opened him up and his force field went down. Who am I talking to? Listen, some of you, I'm trying to help you. Why? You say, well, I'm trying to do everything that I can for God. I'm asking you, do you have all the armor on? That's all I'm asking. Because sometimes you may be doing some things, but you're lacking in other things. Okay, and he says in order to be victorious, you got to put it all on. So that means you have to close off areas of unrighteousness in your life if you're trying to get serious and victorious with God. Or the amens that went down. That means that there's certain places that you cannot go if you're trying to serve God. That means that there's certain people that you can't hang around if you're trying to get serious with God. That means sometimes when Tyrone called, well, the amen that went down. When Tyrone called, listen, that means, that means when Billy called, talking about he want to come over and pray at 10 o'clock at night, he ain't calling to pray. Well, the amen that went down. Watch this. Watch this. That means in your marriage, certain movies you can't watch. Y'all know, would you agree that the enemy is subtle in his attack? Watch this. He ain't going to come and get you in full-fledged addiction to pornography right off the gun. You know what he'll do? He'll start you off with HBO, um, Showtime, Cinemax, late at night. Y'all know, listen, y- listen, I was in college. I ain't always been saved. Y'all know 10, 11 o'clock on Cinemax, HBO, ain't nothing wholesome on. Why everybody looking? Don't look at me crazy. Y'all know. You know. Now, I ain't watching a while. But you know, like when I was growing up on BET at 10, 11 o'clock at night, they used to have BET after dark or something like that. And un- what is it called? Uncut? Man, come on, don't get so spiritual in church now. We ain't all been saved. 
Watch this. And so I got to go. So, and so what, what he's saying is, watch this, any area of sin that you leave open makes you vulnerable. Remember, the, the scripture says, give the devil no place. If you open up something, he'll get it. Let me move to the third. The third thing that he says we need, and I, I'm, I'm going to close. The third thing that he says that we need is found there in verse 15. And he says, the third piece that you need if you're going to fight him is peace. Do you see that there? Verse 15, he says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. I'm going to try to make this quick. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The third thing that you need, the, the third pillar that helps you fight is peace. Now, you may be saying, what do I need peace for? Let me explain. First, he says in verse 15, and having shod. Do you see that? That word shod there. The word shod simply means to cover. Okay? So he says that you need to cover your feet. Now, when you look at the Romans, um, the, 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 the foot, the uh, shoes that a Roman, uh, a Roman soldier would wear was very important. They wore what is called a caliga. And it's, it's, uh, when I looked it up, it's, it's a leather sandal that they would put on their feet that would cover their feet. Because you remember during the times of the Romans, you know, they didn't have all these paved streets like we got. You know, they rocking on, rocking on stones and rocks and, you know, you, you, you walking on some heavy stuff. And so you would put on these uh, leather sandals called a caliga, and in the back of the sole, the very back of the shoe, they would nail these nails in them. They called them hop nails. And these nails would stick, stick through the bottom of the uh, foot so that when a Roman soldier would do it, it would give him traction when he was fighting. His feet would dig into the dirt, and whenever he did this, it allowed him to stand. It's almost like our modern-day cleats. You know, um, these offensive linemen, you can look at me, with, 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 you know, when you, get, when you get big, when you get big, no, okay. John, I may need you to come on up here and be an example again. <laughs> he says as long as he don't got to be the devil, he good. John is always my default because I can always use him, but. You know, it's, it's like the offensive linemen, when they hike the ball, they, they feet go back and they got to have traction in order to be able to stand. Watch this. So your, your feet are very important. You know, the, the things that you put on your feet, shoes aren't just for decorative purposes. Right. Let me say that because my wife will, will think that I'm saying we need to go buy more shoes. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. The, the shoes, he's saying, he's saying you need to cover your spiritual feet with something. OK, what you cover your spiritual feet with, because your feet are important, because whatever you you do with your feet, if you ever get your feet hurt, you can't stand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you can be a mighty warrior, but if your feet get hurt, you can't stand. You can be as strong as John is. But if he on his feet, how I many you know he's much more vulnerable to get to? And so he says this peace is what gives you your foundation to stand. What is this piece? He says, you, you, you cover them with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Do you see that there? Preparation just means readiness or it means to equip. If you, you can go to any bookstore, get a Vines uh, concordance. It'll tell you what the word means. He says, so you cover your feet with the preparation or equipment of the gospel of peace. 
So what you're covering your spiritual feet with is the gospel of peace. The question is, well, then what is the gospel? What does the gospel mean? Anybody know what that is? The gospel means good news. There is a good news that you stand on that is the foundation of your fighting with the devil. What is this foundation? Turn to your Bibles quickly. I know we've we got to get with our time. Romans chapter 5. What is this good news that he's talking about? Romans chapter 5. And my time ain't going. I know I'm still good on time. They, they started late. I'm on time. Don't, don't get on me. Don't you start that right there. I'm on time. Don't you start that. No, 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 no. Romans chapter 5. Listen. What is this good news of peace? Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 6. Here's the good news that the devil doesn't want you to know. He says in verse 6, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still Somebody say, I need some good news. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Watch this. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The message of the gospel is this. While we were weak, while we were unrighteous, here's the picture that he's painting. Boy, somebody ought to say hallelujah. While you were weak, unrighteous sinners, unjustified and enemies of God, the Bible says that God did something. In verse 6, it says that he died for the ungodly. Somebody ought to say amen. It says he died for the ungodly, not the perfect. Not when you got everything together. But he died when your pants were still hanging down. He died for you when you were still shacking up. He died when you were smoking, when you were drinking, when you were still hanging out. He died when you were in the church acting like you holy and you know that you're not holy. While we were still sinners, he died. Anybody glad that he didn't wait till you got everything perfect before he... Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's good news. Verse 7 and 8 says that while we were unrighteous or out of relationship with him. How many know that when you're out of relationship, you're not talking? Anybody know if you're married or you ain't even got to be married, you, you got a boyfriend, a girlfriend or whatever, and y'all out of relationship, how many know that y'all ain't talking during that time? 
And you know what generally happens during that time is I ain't saying nothing to you. And you ain't saying nothing. I ain't got nothing to say to you there until you come up over here and get it right. We don't got nothing to say. I ain't saying nothing to you. Watch this. But listen to what God says. He says that while we were out of relationship with him, unrighteous, that's when God commended his love towards you. See, listen, man, I'm so glad when I found this out, particularly you young people. See, the, you need to know that how much God loves you. And I, I re- my heart really goes out to the young people because I know the struggle that y'all going through. Trying to live for God, but you got so much stuff everywhere you turn around and look. Every movie is a full sin mess. Everything you turn around, all the music, everything is a mess. And then you have these sanctimonious religious saints who have gotten older who know that when they was young, they were facing the same stuff. Come on. Yours one, Tupac, it was James Brown. Yours one, one um, Beyonce. And, you know, they got people now, I don't even know who they are nowadays. Tiger B, Cardi B, and I mean, every time I turn around, I mean, Rug Rat, rug, whatever, whatever your name is. Listen, I, I'm closing, I'm closing. But see, my heart goes out for y'all. It does. Because I understand you want to live for God, but it's hard. Um, you're facing all types of challenges. And when you come to church, listen, it's not my job to condemn you of anything. It's my job to tell you how much God loves you. You know what? Man, when you understand that verse, you understand that God died for me when I was a sinner, not when I got saved. He died for me when I was in my sin. So that means he already knew what I was doing, but he still loved me even though I was in it. And sometimes you don't need more condemnation. You already know. Sometimes you need somebody to come beside you and say, you know what? You messed up. Show me somebody who has not. And you know what? Even though you may currently be in sin, can I tell you this? You may currently be in sin right now. And let me just be honest. If you're in sin, you need to stop. But can I tell you something? Even if you're currently in sin, God still loves you. People may talk about you like a dog, but I came to tell you God still loves you. Listen, he says, while we were, how do do I know that? Because he says, while we were in sin, he commended or demonstrated his love for us and that he died for us. Listen, why is this important to fight the devil? Because, see, the devil will come to you from time to time and put all types of thoughts in your mind of how unworthy you are. You have no business being in church. You have no business trying to serve God. You know you've tried that before. You know that you're not serious. And he comes and he brings all of this drama to your life saying, God does not love you. You know you're not real. But see, when he does that, the way you fight back with him is you say, but devil, that may be true, but I got some good news. 
When he comes and says, you know what? You got a whole lot in your past that disqualifies you. Well, you know what, devil? You're absolutely right. But guess what? I got some good news for you. Watch this. The good news, the good news may not be for you. See, here's the thing. That's why the devil don't like the good news, because the good news don't qualify to him. It don't apply to him. He sinned one time and he forever messed up. But the good news is for us is that you can sin. And and listen, let me clarify. I'm not saying to willfully sin and do foolishness all the time. Let me clarify because I'm one of those preachers. I, I don't believe in that. But what I am trying to say, I'm just trying to be real. I'm just trying to be real. The truth of the matter is everybody in here sins. You may not sin the way how your neighbor sins, but I guarantee you, you sin in some kind of way. And if you remember what God says, all sin is sin. You can't sit here and be sanctimonious about your sin. Oh, I just, I just got an anger problem, but, I, but I'm holier than the person who, no, no. Here's the thing about God. We have good news that even when you mess up, here, here's, here's the good news. 1 John 1 and 9 says that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. When I got that revelation, man, it it changed everything about me. When I came into church, I wasn't so much concerned about what everybody else was thinking. You know, at at some point, you got to get past church folk. And you, you, got to get, you got to get connected with the God that you serve because it's not that people are bad. They, they just, we judge each other based off of what we know and where, where we're at. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for giving us 